I want to share some thoughts which are related to Shvat, to this month, to Tuba Shvat, the holiday we had this week. And last week we spoke about Shir, about song, and the one Kabbalistic understanding of the, uh, of the masculine uh, or of the attitude that we bring to experience and the freedom which is available there and just starting off with an attitude of gratefulness with a, uh, a kind of unconditioned song or joy which isn't waiting for uh, events or circumstances to inspire us but as if as the, as the Torah that we were looking at says as if all of the miracles happen, then how would we be? And just being that way, rather than waiting for them to happen. And that uh, inspiration from Einstein who said, either nothing is a miracle or everything is a miracle. And so what kind of awareness, what kind of attitude, what kind of sensitivity is it that we bring to our experience which allows us to then experience whatever is here, whether it's pain, or whether it's joy, or whether it's beauty, or whether it's the most mundane sensations of the physical world as being miraculous, as having aliveness in them. And this week I want to go back into, uh, into the Shiva, into the feminine element, uh, and some beautiful teachings from my teacher, Daniel. Uh, and so what's the difference between Shira and Shiva? There's one difference, which is the letter He. And uh, the letter hey doesn't have a bottom. And that is one quality of experience that we notice when we stay close to it. There's no, there's no bottom. The bottom keeps dropping out. The quality, the way it's talked about in this particular way of the feminine, is of constantly giving birth. This moment gives birth to the next moment, gives birth to the next moment. Uh, when we're in that quality of hay. And that letter hay is the letter of the Brit, the letter of the covenant, the letter which Abraham receives and which Sarah also receives uh, at the Brit when the covenant is established. And it's quite a, a shift in consciousness in the mode of being from the previous way of being. The previous way of being was Avram. Avram means the supernal source kind of outside experience. And Avram corresponds to the first story of creation in Bereshit. In fact, it's an anagram of the same letters used there. Paran, he created them. It's a top-down mode of creation. And in contrast, uh, Avram then becomes Avraham, which is also an anagram of Hibaram, the word which is used in the second story of creation. These are the generations, like that giving birth, the generative sense of the heavens and the earth in their uh, being created, or uh, you could say in their inter-emergence. Everything is coming out from within, out. The divine impulse, rather than being a top-down creation, is, a, uh, is an unfolding from within. And that is actually what it means for Avraham to be 
in the Brit, right? The Brit, in that case, is, uh, is Brit Milah. It's a circumcision. It's a removing of the orla, of the foreskin, which covers the vulnerability, which creates a sense of, uh, of kind of being closed unto oneself, kind of atomized existence. And the existence that we're going for in this sense is one of removing that orla and moving into connected being. And a, a kind of generative, uh, creative, uh, or co-creative unfolding. It's a stepping into vulnerability, allowing ourselves to be touched by experience, to let experience move through us, to let life move through us be part of the flow of life rather than staying in that place which is safe, which is comfortable, which is known. It's appreciating what's here. And appreciating what's here means both, in my understanding, focusing on the kind of nourishing aspects that seem to be positive, pleasant, you know, take in the good. And it also means bringing appreciation to all of our experience. Because when we get close enough to experience with a refined enough resolution, then there's movement in life in all experience, even in pain. As we're sitting here, I'm sitting with a lot of pain in my left hamstring from an injury. And, and even there, there's, there's movement. There's sensation. And usually what happens is there's like sensation, especially if it's unpleasant, and then I try and get away from it. And in that moment, I create a different kind of I, a different kind of self, which then has to be in the world with a lot of doing. There has to be a lot of kind of forceful doing, because I'm now disconnected from the flow of light. Like if you imagine... Um, like a water mill that's built on the side of a river. And so the river just runs and it powers the water mill because the wheel is just there, so that the water takes it. So when we let go into life and into the fullness of what's here, that's what can happen to us. There's enough, uh, exactly enough motive force coming through us or coming into us. And if we open to it, then it will carry us. But if we, uh, if we turn away from it, or if we have a, a habit of, of kind of stepping back, um, or if we have a trauma, perhaps, which is keeping us from being in that, and that might require a different, different kind of work. But if we've kind of ossified, so that wheel isn't really turning, or the water isn't really coming in, then it takes us so much energy to live. Right? We have to put in so much energy just to, just to get the basics done. And then there's not a sense of a kind of continual rebirth from moment to moment and inspiration and creativity and generativity which comes with that. Rather, it's a sense of like staleness and life doesn't have a lot of life in it. Um, the word bitachon, bitchu ba'ashem, to have confidence in the divine or to, uh, to trust God, different ways of translating it. So that word bitachon 
Rabbi Daniel pointed out, has in it in its root the word the shorish tiach, uh, and tiach is like um, uh, I forget exactly what it is in English, something like stucco. Is that, is that right? It's like the stuff that you put on the side of the house. Tiach. Yeah, it's tiach. So it's it's we like stick it on, right? Plaster. Plaster. Yeah, that's the word. Thank you. So like stick it on to the side of the house. So that's what it means, bitachon. It means to stay really close in that same way. Stay really close to the flow, which is actually the divine, which is our experience, havaya. And to let that take us forth. That's bitachon bashim. And that that is particularly the quality of, uh, of Yaakov Avinu who's called uh, Ishtam, a person of, of wholeness. And that kind of tmimut is associated with, uh, with, with Brit Milah, with the removing of the Orla, so that we can actually come into wholeness. And Yaakov, it's about Yaakov, it says, Vaifgaba Makom. And Yaakov came into that really close, intimate contact with the place, the place being both the place in which he was, and Hamakom, the place being, of course, also a name, a name for God. It's in that way of being that allows the revealing of the Olam, the world, with that world, word for world in Hebrew, Olam means concealment, right? And what is it that's concealed? We're taught is the Etzachayim, the tree of life. Yeah. Like the word ne'elam, disappears. Yeah. So olam, there's something about our, our normal consciousness of the world uh, in which something is concealed. And what's concealed is the uh, interconnectedness, is the life fullness. Um, and uh, it's that that way of being in the world, which is the, the way of Gan Eden, into which we were invited with the invitation and instruction. Achol tochan mikol eitz. Eat, indeed, you shall eat from every tree, or we could say from the whole tree. So, first of all, notice in that word achol, there is the word kol, like in everything in it. There's an engagement, even just this, this simple kind of concrete act and image of eating is like a, a very embodied, full engagement. And mikol et, eat from the whole tree, not just from the fruit, right? That's so much of our orientation, and that's the chet, the sin of the, uh, of the earth, which in Bereshit was told uh, to make an etz pri or se pri, a tree of fruit which produces fruit, and what it made was an etzusepri, a tree which produces fruit. The understanding being that actually the tree itself is supposed to be edible. It's not just that we're focused on where we get to at the end, one day, the product. There's a difference between product and fruition. So, actually being, kind of eating the whole process along the way, being nourished, by the whole process along the way. We are oriented towards somewhere, 
that somewhere is in a sense kind of it's like you don't have to tell a tree where it's going you just let it be a tree and give it what it needs and then and then it grows and bears fruit so the same is true i believe when we really let go with that kind of bitachon that's staying close to who it is and what it is that we are and let that guide us forward if we're doing that that will take us to where we need to go letting ourselves also be nourished along the way and not just waiting for that day to come and so as best we can that's what we do in our experience with whatever part of our experience we're working with so today we're particularly trying to deepen into uh, and refine our resolution or capacity to be with feeling and so then we get to hopefully feel the juiciness and the fullness and the, the variety uh, of the world of feeling and we can also do that with seeing and hearing with our thoughts not getting in the, into the content of thought but into the, all of the different elements of the submodalities the tone that we hear the pace the location the volume just getting into actual for mental talk for instance just like the the kind of sound waves which are there or the quiet which we might hear sometimes inside or outside and so i was uh, thinking in general like this whole practice of meditation what is it what is it all about what's the kind of like larger arc or the, the broader picture and for me one one of the ways that i like to think about it is that's what moshe tells us at the end of the torah choose life so apparently it's a choice it doesn't just happen it's a choice that we have to make that we can make or that is available for us to make if we train ourselves in, in the capacities and competencies to actually be able to choose life with the understanding that there are there are forces or tendencies or natural inclinations which will take us away which will take us out of life part of what apparently part of what it means to be alive in this world and that we're given the gift and inspiration and the teachings and the opportunity to train ourselves a few seconds at a time just a few seconds at a time to choose life in this moment and in this moment to choose to be with what's here to open to it fully to let it flow over me the way the rivers flow over the stones and smooth and soften them and to let the waters of life do that to us so question please you were talking about the hay and the feminine kind of mm-hmm. letting it flow in the flow so um, there's also the masculine which right. would probably be yours or, or kind of uh, making things happen planting yeah. a seed or so how would that work together as far as like perspective of yeah how does, how does like? the masculine fit in so well, last week we spoke about the, the masculine in one way and there's different ways that the people sort of talk about those um, those forces and certainly the the ideal the vision is the union of the masculine and the feminine um, 
So the way that we spoke about it last week was actually a, a kind of freedom or a joy or a gratefulness, as I mentioned before, which isn't actually dependent on experience at all. It's more of kind of like a like an open, uh, it's, it's kind of like awareness, or the quality of awareness with which we meet experience. Whereas the feminine that we're talking about today, at least, is actually the experience itself. And so then there's the meeting of kind of awareness with experience. And certainly, I think we see how those two together. The more how they go together, the more we are... Um, or open, or grateful, or joyous, the more experience just tends to flow. Mm -hmm. 